0: This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Grewey. Welcome. So this podcast is the second of two brief reflections on the Aristotelian idea of eudaimonia, the idea of what makes for a flourishing human life. So last week, as we began uh, this two-part little mini-series on Aristotle's idea of the flourishing life. I suggested my idea is that what constitutes the flourishing life for us is what we do with and for others. And this is based on my more than 50 years of trying to practice as a follower of Jesus in my study of some of the other major faith traditions as well. And I referenced, uh, for example, from Buddhism, the, the thought of the Bodhisattva vow on how the enlightened or awakened person wants to come back and invest all of their energy in the liberation of others, of what we do for others. And they do this within the context of a a faith community called a Sangha in Buddhism. Well, from our uh, own Christian heritage and from the Judeo-Christian heritage that we come from, one of the the great texts in the Hebrew prophets is from uh, Micah in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, chapter 6, verse 8. It's a very famous text where Micah says, The Holy One has showed you, O human, what is good and what the Holy One requires of us, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Encapsulating again this same theme, it's what we do for others that helps us to live a flourishing life. Now, there is a, a wonderful book I love called The Way of Solomon. It's written by a Jewish rabbi named Rami Shapiro, who is heavily influenced by Taoist thought. So it's almost a Taoist reading of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Hebrew Scriptures. And uh, Shapiro, at the conclusion of his uh, uh exegesis of the book of well I would say it's more of an interpretation than an exegesis but that's splitting hairs at any rate uh, uh, at the conclusion of his interpretation of Ecclesiastes Shapiro says this the whole of life is empty of permanence there is no certainty no surety no escape to lift you out of impermanence There is only doing without reward, serving without payment, learning without knowing, rejoicing without reason, loving without controlling, walking without map and measure. To think otherwise is to pursue the wind, and vanity piles upon vanity as you seek to freeze that which is forever melting. And then Shapiro concludes his interpretation by saying, so when all is said and done, remember this. Open your mind to wonder, your heart to compassion, and your hand to justice, that you fashion a whole and holy world. I, again, think what a beautiful description of the flourishing, flourishing life. So the great question then is how do we do this? How do we live this kind of life? And I'll make a couple of suggestions for us here. To start with, I think it's very, very important to be in the moment, to be fully present. It's this uh, very contemporary idea of mindfulness, which is a, a contemporary take on an ancient Buddhist tradition of being very mindful, being very aware, fully present in the moment, that is part of the flourishing life, not to just sleepwalk or go through the motions, but to live intentionally in this moment right here and right now. And one of the great aids to live this way is to carve out in your living some time for quiet. Solitude, some personal reflection of every one I've ever read about or studied, no one has lived the flourishing life without having this component to their existence, uh, a time of of quiet, self-reflection, meditation, prayer, call it what you will, but this disengaging from the noise of this uh, fleeting world. And, and, and deep listening to what's in the core of your own being. Uh, Socrates wrote that uh, the unexamined life is not worth living. Now, Viktor Frankl has, has put it this way. When we reflect on our living, Viktor Frankl, of course, was the uh, Jewish philosopher who survived uh, the Auschwitz uh, concentration camp. Frankl says that there is a gap between our stimulus and our response. So let's say, for example, the stimulus is I'm driving off to work and somebody cuts in front of me in traffic, which is a big stimulus for me. So between that event and my response to that event, there is a gap and that's what i mean by living intentionally that in that gap i choose not to respond in kind i knew i choose not to engage engage in road rage but i uh collect myself and i behave in a way that really is important to me that is filled with with compassion and kindness because i don't know what's going on in that other person's life maybe they're rushing off to the hospital for a loved one or for their own care needs I don't know But the, the idea is that in that gap I live intentionally Not simply just reacting to the stimuli That hit me from the world I live in This world of uncertainty But that I reflect and compose myself And respond out of compassion That's uh, part of the idea Of living the flourishing life Howard Thurman one of the mentors of Martin Luther King Jr., has this incredible quote that I, that I often share and I love. He says, There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. So I'm going to suggest uh, if you and I are going to try to live a flourishing life, to live fully in the moment, it will require us disengaging from the noise of this world, shutting off Facebook, turning our iPhones off, just getting quiet. I know this sounds really scary, but just getting quiet to listen to see what might emerge, what might bubble up, as, as Thurman says, listening for that true inner guide. Because if we don't listen to that, we will always be at the strings that somebody else is pulling. Now, I want to share that if we do, if we engage in that kind of a practice, it is likely that some pain or discontent or discomfort will emerge. And I'm going to suggest that we not try to medicate that discomfort. That discomfort could be the doorway to us living a more fully engaged life. Too many of the folks I know uh, medicate that disquiet within themselves, either through getting high, or getting drunk, or sugar, or workaholism, or sex, or whatever that we try to stifle and repress the inner disquiet that from time to time emerges. And, and a lot of the great philosophers and psychologists that I trust have said that those voices of inner disquiet can possibly be the means of liberation for us living a more fully engaged, rich, deep meaningful life and that we silence them to our own detriment that's just the thought one of the great uh, quotes that has gotten me through uh, the idea of trying to live a flourishing life is from uh, my rabbi Jesus of Nazareth I've tried to follow Jesus for well over 50 years and in the gospel of Saint Mark I think it's chapter 12. Jesus shares what is called the great commandment. So a a teacher of the law, someone came up to Jesus and said, look, of of all the laws, of all the commands, of all the ways to live a flourishing life, of all the ways to be blessed, what is the most important? And as recorded, the only thing, the only thing Jesus said is the most important is this. And he said, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Lohenu, Adonai Achad, Vahaf the Ether Adonai Loheku, Bikul Lavavka, Uvkul Navshaka, Uvkol Meadeka, Vahafa Lareacha Chamoka. Which being translated is this Jesus says, the most important thing is love God and love your neighbor as yourself. There is no mitzvah, there is no command greater than this. And in all honesty, I'll share with you, you know, for so much of my early Christian life, I thought, well, this is what I got to do to make God happy. This is what I got to This is what God wants. So this is what I got to do to make God happy. Well, I can honestly share with you at the age of 71 now, the more I have given myself to loving God and loving the people in my world, it has made me happy. It has caused my life to flourish. So I understand these words of Jesus. It's not so much as what makes God happy. It's what what makes us happy. It's how we were designed. So I'll close this little reflection, this podcast, with the, the basic theme I'm trying to communicate. If you want to live, if I want to live a flourishing life, I really believe it is no more complex than simply what I do with and for others to make their life, to help make their life as good as possible. So may you have an incredibly flourishing life this week, may it be so.